The theme of this year's event today is you are not alone. If you are on relapse or still waiting to get abstinent, the most important thing you can do is to get yourself to meetings. No matter how far into the food you get, no matter how much weight you gain, no matter how crazy you feel, keep coming back. You are not alone. Other OA members have suffered the agonies of relapse and are back in recovery. What they found most helpful is to go to meetings and tell it like it is. Now we are going to welcome Andrea to be our first speaker for the evening, who will share her experience, strength, and hope about relapse and recovery for 15 minutes. Hi, I'm Andrea. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, and I'm really glad to be here. Um, My first meeting was in this room, which was one room, and it was about 35 years ago. Could be 34, could be 36, but I'm old. So you got to give me a break on that one. Um, but I do remember coming in here and lying through my teeth, judging everybody, thinking I only had a weight problem and you had a lot of problems. And um, I learned that wasn't exactly true. I think the only thing I've done perfectly is that I've never left. Some people's story is that they leave and come back. That isn't mine. But that's the only thing I've done perfectly, and um, so there is perfection in this program. But um, anyway, what I was doing when I was here wasn't exactly perfect. But anyway, um, we are not alone. Together we can. That is so important to me, you know, because at four, I was sent to therapy because I was fat and I was the problem. And pretty much, I do have pictures. I don't have my fattest ones, but there are some photos that show that I have a personality besides the obesity. And um, I was sent to therapy when I was four, and I was always the problem. And I, I solved everybody's problems in the house, and I ate. And that was me. And then I became an ICU nurse, and I solved everybody's problems, and I ate. So I'm consistent. So what, what I want to say about the 12 Step Within and what it's meant to me, when I came in many years ago, um, if you were not following the gray sheet, if you were not doing it perfectly, it was like you had a contagious disease, which we all have the disease, but that relapse was going to be contagious, and it really was no place for us to have a voice. They really didn't want to hear from us, and that's not like this grandiose um, you know, story. That was how it was. And that fact probably kept me here because I got involved with the 12-step within, and I loved a cause. And we had a lot of fun. We worked our ass off. It was happening. It started that, that we made a meeting that would suit us, and then people went to Region 2, and people went everywhere, and worldwide, I think it was a problem, you know? It wasn't our problem, it was, it needed to be addressed. And um, I'm so glad I got involved in that, because it kept me here. Even though I never really got abstinent enough, people would ask me all the time, well, you've lost weight, you look good, will you speak? But I never thought I was abstinent. Never was abstinent enough to, to make the grade. 
And um, that was really hard to stay feeling that. But coming, becoming a part of this and hearing about it worldwide and working with some really wonderful people, some are in this room, and um, I had a lot of energy then, that's all I'll say. But, uh, and and we, we, were, we were on a mission, and, and it was a big mission. It wasn't just ours. So um, I, when, when I, when I, about 10 years after I graduated high school, I got a call. And they said, you'll never guess who this is. I want to invite you to the reunion. Well, I only had one friend, so I could guess who it was. <laughs> you know, this was not, you know, <laughs> she probably thought I was smart, but I, I just, I, that's all I had. And I didn't know how to have friends. I didn't know how to be on equal footing. I didn't know how not to be bossy. I didn't know how to be a worker among workers or one of many. And today, I'm just a bozo on the bus. You know, I have friends in here that are bozos on the bus, too, so we clown around. But anyway, <laughs> I take this pretty serious. I do take this disease very seriously. I take my recovery very seriously, and I screw up. And, and I want to say that I don't think relapse is only about gaining weight. I think it's when I have the best chance to be abstinent in the way that God intends me to, it's when I'm in fit spiritual condition. And you don't just arrive there. I'm on and off that spiritual wagon all the time. Um, I went to a therapist once, and she went to a guru, and the guru said, and, and she said, I want to be like you, always centered. And he said, no, I just know how to get back on so fast that people don't even notice. So sometimes I'm not smiling. I know people think I smile a lot, but sometimes I'm, and also when I came in, I smiled all the time and was saying, fuck you. So, you know, um, okay. So let me talk about um, what, what it's like now to see the fellowship as it is and to know that people know they are welcome and that there is a place here. It was, it really does my heart good. It does my heart good to know that this has, has gone on, that people know when they come in here, they may fail at something, but they aren't failures. They're, they're not bad people trying to get good. We're sick people trying to, to arrest our disease on a daily basis. And it's not an easy feat, and sometimes I just wonder how I stayed this long, and some and I and um, when people asked me, I I got stuck. Uh, my relapse was more like I got to a certain weight, and then I would not give up anything, and I was still eating things that were hurting me, and I was gaining a little and losing a little, and I was stuck at this weight that wasn't God's will for me, and my sponsor would say, "Well, imagine yourself thinner," and I'd say. Well, you want me to speak Japanese, too? Because it was that foreign to me to think I could get past that number. And I was there for 12 years. So um, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Um, I've e uh, and the first people thing people want to know is, what do you eat? Well, you know, what I eat now isn't what I ate when I came in. And if you would have told me 
I couldn't have done what I do now then. And um, abstinence is defined as the action of refraining from compulsive overeating or compulsive food behaviors while getting to, while maintaining or getting to a healthy body weight. Now, I don't know if I've, refraining from compulsive food behaviors, if I'm really honest, I don't do that all the time, you know, and that's something that, but what I do know is that I, I am trying to be honest. I, honest, H-O-W, which is a, a facet of this program, is honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. And I do think it takes a great deal of that to stay here, and along with compassion. Today, I don't binge, I don't purge, I don't diet, I don't judge myself, I don't go to guilt and remorse, and I do strive to be honest. And sometimes that's the best I can do. Does that mean I eat anything I want, and as long as I do that, I'm okay? Not exactly. That would be, you know, but, but that's my bottom line. Because I don't know about you, but if shame, guilt, remorse was, was going to help me, I would have been Twiggy. <laughs> you know? And I'll never be Twiggy, but thank God. But anyway, um, so it, it, I learned through compassion from for other with compassion I gave to the other people and I didn't say you did what you know I said that's painful I want to be abstinent today and follow my plan of eating because my heart clo- my heart closes my mind shuts and I feel alone when I'm beating myself up with food. And I want to be connected to a higher power. And I want to be connected to you. And um, I am so glad that there are so many people in this program. Because when I came in, like I said, I did everybody's inventory. You were stupid and you were this and, oh, you don't have to do that. I had so many opinions. I have very, I know very little right now. I know what works for me. I have no idea what's going to save anybody or help anybody. And all I have to share is my experience, strength, and hope. So I'm not an expert. I just have one story. And what's great is we all have a story. And we need each other to tell our stories and to show up, whether we're face down in the food, whether we're ballet dancing and perfect, whether we're whatever, if we're crying. I came in here when I was a kid and I grew up, my dad had hit me and I'd go, makes you feel like a big man, doesn't it? Hit me again. I didn't know about tears. Now, people who knew me back when, I thought I was, I know I cried a river. I did cry a river because all that emotion. And you guys didn't say, quit crying and move on. You gave me (laughs) compassion. And I don't say to somebody who is just demoralized by this disease, because it is cunning, baffling, powerful, humiliating to say, I cannot control 
what I eat once I start on certain things. And that after all these years, you know, I remember getting advice. All your good intention friends, just eat to your full. Never happened. <laughs> just eat a little, just eat three meals a day. Then what do I do? You know, I got all these other, you know, they had so much good advice, but they're talking to, they, they are giving it to someone who doesn't have the mind I have. I, I don't know what it is about being a compulsive overeater, but I still do this. Sometimes I'm full, and I think I should eat more, and then I won't feel so full. How does that work? I swear. I'm full. I've eaten enough salad, you know. <laughs> anyway, and I still have that, that. I don't have an on-off switch like normal people. So what can I do about that? I'll say the tools have been very valuable for me. I look at the tools as a toolkit, an actual toolkit. Now, I can't fix anything in my house, so I don't know really about those kind of toolkits, but I know about this toolkit. And there isn't anything that wouldn't be better if I used, didn't use one or more of those tools. Am I always willing? No, I want what I want when I want it. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Do I act on it sometimes? Most of the time not, but I do act on it. But I know I have a toolkit. And right now I'm doing the steps again. And don't say, oh, how can you be doing the steps again after 35 years? Well, they put a whole bunch of new stuff in that book since I read it. <laughs> And um, when I read step one, it was nothing like when I started, you know, in terms of the severity of what I do, whatever, but it's still there, and I'm still powerless, and I am powerless over people, places, and things. What I pray for myself each day is to do for the next right, for goddess to give me the next right thought or action, to be compassionate. I sometimes say the prayer that I hated when I came in, which it, I think is the St. Francis of Sissy, but I don't know because I'm Jewish, but it says, Lord, make me a channel of thy peace that where there is hatred I may bring love. Comfort, comfort rather than be comforted, understand the rather than be understood. Now that is the first thing I opened my mouth with and read in this on step 11. And I thought, you have got to be a mamby-pamby stupid idiot to do that. You know, they'll walk all over you. That's what I pray for today. And to somehow to be kind to you and be kind to myself because if I'm kind to me, I have a better chance of, being, of, of not judging you. So um, together we do what we could never do alone. And... Um, I like this, um, I'm gonna end with, we all need to be loved and accepted, not because we are abstinent, not because we are at goal weight, but just for who we are. This is especially true of OA members who are still suffering. They have been in program for some time, perhaps for months, maybe even years, but either they have not yet attained abstinence or they are in relapse. When asked what helped them most, People who have gone through this painful experience agree on one thing, be loved and accepted, even when they were compulsively overeating, 
even when they were falling apart emotionally, even when they felt hopeless and unlovable, was the key to their eventually loving and accepting themselves and from there getting abstinence. And that's from our Members in Relapse pamphlet, which was painstakingly written. So I thank you for, for coming and letting me share. Thank you. Thank you.